Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Check. All right. Welcome to the Exeter Underground, the weekly news and opinion forum for the people of Exeter, about the people of Exeter, and by the people of Exeter, keeping you up to date on all the happenings of our town with analysis that you just can't find anywhere else. You're entering the Underground. Now here are your hosts, Jerry Gelliff and Ted Gardella. Here we are, Ted. Here we are. Welcome, everybody. Uh, Welcome to the Exeter Underground. Deep uh, underground. We're deep underground. We're deep underground. We're to the point of being, uh, we've, we've got dirt on top of our heads. We had to because, you know, there's always the threat of <laughs> nuclear attack. Now there is, right? <laughs> That's no good. That's a problem. <laughs> and no school desk is, you know, hunkering down under school desk is not going sol- to solve our problems. This table is nice and solid. Uh, I think we'd be good with this. Yeah, but I'm not getting under the table with you, my friend. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Good evening, folks. I'm Jerry Gelliff. He is... Ted Gardella. And we are here with a new venture called the Exeter Underground. Uh, The idea came to me months and months and months ago. As you know, I, or may not know, I I, I do this thing called the Exeter Examiner. It's a dumb little blog uh, in which I try to keep people aware and uh, keep people informed. Okay, and and in the past, of course, I had really like incredible uh, opinions that that people would piss and moan at me about. Well, like you, crazy. Did, you got their hackles up. Yeah, you, you got, I mean, it's it's like you know, dog with a bone. You try to take that bone away, and all of a sudden the hackles go up, and that's what that's what you did very well. Yeah. So now the Exeter Examiner is just a uh, it it it's strictly news only. But hyper local news. This is this is the key, Jerry. Is that you know all of the media has really kind of jumped to the national and, and state and, and and the big stories. And this is really about being hyper local, covering. You know, you do this in the Examiner really well. You, you you do it with your sports network as well. It's hyper local, so you're really focusing on the people and the events that they experience on, on a very local level. So it's it's really it really is all about Exeter. And, and with the death, basically, of the Reading Eagle, I mean, we, we're just, we're, we're swimming in an ocean of, of no information for, for people. So some, somebody needs to fill that in. Somebody needs to kind of jump into the breach. And that's what we're going to do. Right. So that is the concept for the show. And, uh, you know, it, we're going to have different things going on. One of the things that we're going to do is... We're going to cover the school board and supervisor meetings, but we're going to do it in a very unique way. We're going to do this show while uh, while listening to the... I had the echo up a little okay. bit because I was recording so, stuff earlier and I just heard the echo. So the uh, we're, we're going to cover the meetings. We're going to have them up on YouTube and we're going to start and stop them and give our commentary on the show, uh, on the meeting as it's happening. So it's kind of like mystery science theater, but for local politics. And, you know, <clears throat> I know everyone says all politics are local, but the reality is, I mean, and, and people get, they have these cycles of anger. Like tax bills just came out, right? Oh all my of God. a sudden, everybody's commenting on, oh my God, I can't believe. It's like, 
you have to maintain that level of concern. And I think that's a bit about what Exeter Underground is about. It's about maintaining that concern all the way through. Let's expose the follies of these two organizations that really cost everyone in Exeter a lot of money. You're all paying township taxes. You're all paying school district taxes, whether you have a kid in school or not. And there's there are things that are going on that, you know, quite frankly, you're not going to be able to be aware of unless you take the time to go to the meeting. We're going to review those meetings. Sometimes we'll go. And uh, we're going we're gonna to comment on them. But I, I think this is what I'm really excited about is really providing that, that you know, this is, this is what people do need to be concerned about. Right. Uh, I don't want to call it setting an agenda, but set an agenda. Why not? I, I, think, that's, I think that's fair. I, I think, you know, <clears throat> but setting an agenda for the community. Right. You know, it's not a personal agenda. Right. And and I think people are going to think that you and I are, are commenting on, a, you know, using a personal agenda, but it's not. It's about the community. And it's about what everybody should be talking about, thinking about, expressing their opinions about. So um, hyper-local, focused on uh, these two organizations that are impacting everybody in the community. And, uh, you know, as, as we develop the show, we may have some other features that come about that you know, benefit folks and businesses in the community. And uh, later on in this episode, and in as many episodes as possible, we're going to do a uh, phone-in segment. Right. So we'll uh, we'll be able to talk to people and let them, as I said online, vent their spleen. <laughs> and it's, it's something that's really missing because, I mean, I don't know. I guess WEEU still has a talk show in the morning, but it's all like freaking beef stroganoff recipes or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's not I really. I don't listen to WEEU. So yeah, I, I don't either, which, which is, you know, it was back in the day when I worked in radio that I would listen only to go, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> One more beef stroganoff recipe. Right. So. Uh, it's about substance. It's about putting meat on the bones. I mean, whatever you want to call it. And and there will be plenty to talk about. I mean, we've got, uh, you know, we, we've got a meeting, you know, almost every other week. Uh, yep. You know, we've got two meetings. So it's, I mean, really, it's, we're going to have something to talk about every week. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Except the month of March, of course, when we have like this week, we had the, the supervisors on Monday. Right. And the school board on Tuesday. Now, the week after next, it's going to be uh, Supervisors Monday, <laughs> school board on Tuesday again. So we'll yeah. probably do two shows yeah. Yeah. that week and one next week. And, and by the way, the day of the show will change right? because on, of those meetings. On the, on the meetings and on the events, you know. Yeah. But I, I, are you good with this as Thursday night as being the base night? Yeah, I think so. For for the weeks when we don't have That's because if you know if we if we do miss something for whatever reason we can catch up. You know yeah. we'll have the the clips that we can use. I, I do, <clears throat> I do appreciate the uh, the fact that because of the pandemic, you know, online meetings became much more of a thing, and yeah. so I think both organizations are are trying to improve their you know their meetings and their recordings and and things online. Well. I can say that about the Board of Supervisors. I'm not sure the school board wants to improve any kind of communication. <laughs> now, the supervisors have gotten better at it. And so uh, let, let's well, let's sit at, at Thursdays as our normal show. And we'll certainly, you just watch Facebook. <clears throat> right. And we'll keep you aware when we're going to do one of those start and stops. 
uh, on the meetings because, you know, I mean, I don't, that might really flop. It's just a thought that I have. Sure. It, just, it feels like it would be fun because like if we were sitting in the living room. Right. Okay. With uh, some angels envy and watching the meeting. I mean, I'd be pausing it constantly, saying, say, "And you'd you be know yelling what? at you'd be yelling at it." Yeah, you know? exactly. And that's, and that's kind of what we'll do. Only we won't yell. <laughs> well, well, you'll promise not to yell. That's right. So, okay, so let's jump into our agenda, okay? And we start with the firing of Jeff Bartlett. Wow, that was a, you know, it was one of those things that just cropped up. Yeah. Um, but I think there, I think there have been a lot of straws on this camel's back. Yeah. Uh, because. You know, I think, and, you know, I've been going to these board of supervisors meetings now for, for quite some time. And, you know, looking at the development of the budget, I mean, yeah. last year when they were, you know, trying to rush that budget because they had a deadline. And, and first thing that you read is that, oh, it was off by, uh, you know, $500,000. Right. And, and then all of a sudden it was, well, it was really, you know, it was really off by like 1.2. Yeah. It's like, how do you make a 20% mistake in a, in a budget? <laughs> And still have a job. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's government work. Well, it will, so, so you've got the budget issues, um, you know, which were exposed by the, by the new board. Um, you've got all the, all the shenanigans from the, the past year. But then you have, I, I think what happened at this meeting is you have the promenade discussion. And you, you have people who are, you know, surprisingly surprised. Yeah. I mean, as I listened to, <clears throat> excuse me. So I listened to Carl Staples, you know, and he had been on the board for a couple of months before the election. So probably should have been briefed on things, should have known things. And when, and when he's surprised, like, wait a minute. So we've gotten to this point. Uh, we don't have any sketches, uh, don't have any, you know, proposal costs. Uh, oh, well, everybody knows it was going to be between 44 and $51 million. Yeah. No, you, you never said that. <clears throat> so I think there were a lot of things that contributed to it. And I think they just got... To the point where they're like, look, we can't go any farther with this guy. Yeah. Because so, it was a unanimous decision, right? Yes, it was. The, 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 so it was township manager, Jeff Bartlett. I probably should have said that. Right. Just to be clear. Who's been the manager since, I think, April of 2020. And so not really that long. No, not a real long time. Less than two years. And, and it just, the, I, I think that just the fact, like you said, so many things are piling up. Right. They people don't appreciate enough i think the importance of meeting minutes I you know and they're currently three or four behind because they they lost what was her name Lori gets right and she did actually a pretty good job with meeting minutes so they lose her and they give another employee a 500 dollars bonus for two months to get the meeting minutes done, and, and the meeting done. minutes don't get done. And see, that's a you know when you when you run on making a pledge on transparency, and then you can't even get something basic like meeting minutes out. Yeah, that's really you know it, it causes people to say, wait a minute, you ran on being transparent, right? And I can't even get you know I can't take the time every week, every two weeks to come to the meetings and and watch over you. I need those minutes. I need the agenda. I need to know what's on, you know, and they, they just weren't very good at it. But I, yeah, I just think there were so many things. And I think, you know, a lot is being uncovered. Yeah. Obviously, as, as we have this new board and they're learning uh, more and more and more, uh, they have a new solicitor. Yep. So that was a very positive move. And I think, 
you know, when, when you get those kinds of changes and there's no longer people whose, you know, idea is that they've got to preserve their own job and, and preserve their own secrets and everything else. When you get somebody new in there who's willing to throw the covers off, it exposes a lot. And I, I think that's what happened uh, with Mr. Bartlett. I certainly hope he, you know, finds a, a soft landing place somewhere else. Sure. And I hope that our community, that the Exeter Township community, I hope we can find somebody who's really going to be competent and responsive. Um, I think that's something that, that folks, I heard often over the last couple of years, is that you know folks would try and write him an email, try and ask him a question, give him a phone call, no response. Flat affect. And then you know when you, when you say something to the Board of Supervisors, well, ask the Township Manager. So... Yeah, that's precisely what happened with me. I mean, yeah. I, I I went to Jeff numerous times asking for, you know, asking a question about some issue. He never once answered me. Yeah. And it's not that I'm that that I'm owed an answer because I'm trying to inform people. It's that I'm paying your salary. Right. Well, you, you know, you know, like be responsive to the people paying your salary. Well, it, it really I mean, again, it's about the community and and I think that um because and, and I think a lot of this is due to the pandemic. I, I know um, I, I was watching a an interview of uh, former Governor Jeb Bush, and 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 he was talking about education. He was talking about how the pandemic really created an intimate relationship between stakeholders and the education community that wasn't there before. Right. And so I think the same thing happens with the township government is that people are now much more aware, and with the economic challenges that folks are facing, I think they're even more aware of how much they're paying in taxes and what do I get for this? Like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm paying these township taxes and well, you know, we have this great golf course. Really? Uh, I, I don't golf. I don't know anybody who does golf. There's only about 400 people who use the damn place. Right. So we should all be happy that we're all paying to subsidize those golfers. So I, I think there's just this focus now. Folks are really focused on, you know, what am I getting? What am I getting for these tax dollars? And I, I think that's going to become even more important. I'm I'm glad to see the board opening up and being very responsive to public comment. They, they are a model for other organizations to follow, like perhaps the school board. Well, I'm going to push back on you here <clears throat> right. because I think Anne Hearing's doing a good job with that stuff. Because the other night she had nobody signed up, and she said. Do you, does anybody want to be heard? I, no, I do agree with you. I think I think Dr. Hearing is doing an amazing job, it, and but it's a minority position that she's in. She's she's one person on that board, and w what you see when you go to the board and you do comment, as you watch the responsiveness of the other board members, mm -hmm. it's not there. They check out during public comment. They're yep. looking at their computers, looking at their phone, looking away. Yep. Dr. Hearing is always paying attention to the yep. speakers, and I admire that. Yeah. But I, I think the same thing, you know, uh, that has happened at the Board of Supervisors is I, I do think that they are listening and responding. A hundred percent. So I, I think that's a very positive change. Which is a sea change from the last Board of Supervisors whose stated objective was we will listen, but we will not comment. Right. We will not respond. They said we will not. Robert's rules of order. It's just public <laughs> comment. It's not public engagement. <laughs> Okay, so so now let's get to the uh, the discussion of the meeting the other night. It, it kind of really all for me starts with the firing that happened at the Reading Country Club, and I don't want to throw these two dudes under the bus. And, oh, I, and I think look, you're driving the bus. Uh, 
<laughs> I, I, do, I don't want to throw them under the bus because I, like they got fired. They got fired for a legitimate reason. Right. Okay. They did something that was not good. All right. They tried to pass off a wedding as a golf event. Beyond them trying to pass off a wedding as a golf event so that they could use the Reading Country Club. They also tried to cover up what the actual bill was. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start by saying it wasn't just once they got fired, right? They That's actually got right. fired twice. They got this. fired. Then when some heat came on the uh, they got people unfired. in the administration, they got unfired. And then they got fired again. Then they got fired again. That's got to be tough to take, you know. Twice. I mean, you know, one time is enough. It's really got to do your head in, right? Yeah. I, I've been fired. I, 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 you know, I don't think it was a surprise. I think it was surprising in how long it took. Yeah. You know, the new board to say, okay, we, you know, look, if you just yeah. look at this stuff, it, it's, you know, it's an event. So, um, do you have any, do you have any uh, audio from that? Uh, not, not about that. Okay. But uh, when we, we, so, so the primary thing that happened in the meeting was the discussion of the the promenade, right? Okay, and whether or not it should be built. So as the discussion unfolded, mm -hmm. what happened is that immediately Dave Hughes jumps in and goes, "Okay, I I I want to put an end to this. I don't even want to hear this presentation by KCBA, the architects. I don't even want to hear it. Let's just bury this thing." And they, you know, they proceed to go into discussion. And that's when now former township manager Jeff Bartlett decides, I'm going to get in there and pitch for this project. Like what his personal investment is. I don't get it. Right. But he just, and he really, he went after it. And it was to no avail because they just did not care. Okay. But here's a, a little clip of Bartlett. And I want to tell everybody that the clips from, the township meeting are echoey. They're horrible. I don't know what's going on with the sound there, but the sound in the meeting is just terrible. So uh, excuse the echoey quality, but here's Bartlett talking about the promenade. The con concept, concept that they, they came, came up, up with. with. Um, there, there, there is there are cost factors in there. Um, <laughs> the price range um, from forty four million to fifty one. Okay, and that's not a, a, a number that I think is a, a secret. Um, I think it's it's a better number than what many people um, for years have been throwing around that this was going to be a hundred million dollar project. See, so. For whatever it was, the entirety of last year, when me and you and many people in this community were screaming, this is going to be 50, 60, 70 million dollars yeah. or 80. It could be an awful lot of money. The only thing we heard out of the township was, no, now it's not going to be that much. How much is it going to be? Uh, well, we don't know because we don't have any estimates. We got to have the plans. But, you but know. we don't have the plan yet. So, <clears throat> so we don't know. So uh, it's not going to be that much. So now suddenly when it's faced with, uh, you know, extinction. Right. Now all of a sudden it's 44 to 51 right. million and it's still too much. Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, you got what? You got 43 million in reserves, right? Right. That's, that's what's left from... Uh, selling the water, uh, the water facility. So you, you got 43. So even at the lowest end of the spectrum, which we all know 
wouldn't have happened. No. Um, you, you're you're over your your fund reserve already, so you're going to have to raise taxes to yeah. complete this. And I, I think the other thing is that, um, you know, you, you've you've gone so far down this path, and and there were already hiccups. Like, so they bought the property, and then they got involved, you know, in, in inspecting the property, and oh, all of a sudden. Roof's bad. Uh, there's mold there. Uh, we got to do demolition. Like, oh, oh. So, you know, I, it, it started off on a bad foot. And, and I think what a lot of people are going to be mad about is, you know, first of all, we're not getting anything that we were told we were going to get. You know, new fire, new police, new community center, new this, new that. You know, all these things that were thrown around as, as you know, kind of the, the wish list to get people to want the, the project. And so they're not going to get it. And so they're wondering, well, why did we spend $2 million? And then, then we spent another couple hundred thousand dollars getting plans and having architects look at it and doing surveys. At a certain point, you got to stop throwing good money after bad. And that's what they were, that's, that's what this, this vote was. But it, it was a little mysterious why he didn't lobby, you know, like not in public meeting. Yeah. You know? Right. Trying to save this thing in public meeting. And when, when obviously people are, are more than, than, you know, there was a majority of the board that was already looking at it as going, this is not, this is not good. Exactly. So, so beyond, let's back up a little bit. When sure. you said people aren't getting what they what they were told they were going to get, there is going to be a fire station. Sure. There is no question in my mind that they're building a fire station because they see how inadequate the one up at Rifton is. I have no doubt that they're going to build a fire station, but it's not going to cost 40 or 50 or $80 million. Right. And, and a single purpose like that, you know, there, there may be, you know, community grants that are available. There might be support for, a great you know, point. for building a single purpose. There's not, there's not grant money out there to build, you know, a Taj Mahal yeah. with, you know, cafeterias for, you know, employees and all the rest of that stuff. So yes, we, we know something's going to be built for the fire department. There's and when you move people out and you reorganize, there's going to be more room in the current facilities that they're in right now. Are are they fantastic? Are they you know going to you know impress anybody who comes to see the the police facility? Probably not, but they'll be functional. Yeah, and I think that's what we need is functional. Agreed. So Agreed. I you know. So now as we got a long time coming. As, and finally, there's there's actual movement happening. So as we got further into the into that discussion, the board chairman Carl Staples could not believe what he was hearing when you know when when Diana Reeser, a board member, said, "So you're telling me you don't have any cost estimates," which led to Bartlett saying what he said. Right. So Carl did like a mini for him. He's a very mild mannered dude. Okay, so he did like a mini flip. Like if I'd done it, I'd have been screaming at the top of my lungs. I'd have been freaking out. <laughs> like like the emotion would have gotten me. But this is Carl, I think, flipping out. Okay. So when when, when, when we, we got, got these, these plans, plans, or when, when the, the previous, previous boards or whoever got, got these plans, plans so, they so they were, were making the decision, decision to buy the land at the promenade and, and do all of this based, based on what, what you're telling, telling me now. now. By the way, tell me if you want me to stop so you can... No, oh, keep okay. going. This, this is, is a skeleton, skeleton kind, kind of a, kind of a, almost design of what a what the facility would look like. 
Yeah. That's what it sounds like. I mean, seriously, are we saying that we made, we're about to make a 40 or $50 million decision, and we really don't have any, in my opinion, concrete plans? That was two years ago, Carl. It's probably another $10 million because okay, but, okay. of construction inflation. Is George Bell jumping yeah, in? Jumping saying, in. Oh, by the way, by the way, fifty million, no way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that, I think that's the the realistic point here is that, and and I did think that Carl was very measured in that comment because he's like, okay, you realize we've already spent like two and a half million dollars. Yeah, close to three. So so we've got skin in this game. Yeah, and you're saying. Nobody had like, you know, nobody had just looked at like general cost estimates for community, for municipal building. We know what municipal buildings cost per square foot. Right. I mean, there there should have been, you know, ballpark estimates and they should have, they should have known, okay, it looks like we're going to spend all of our fund balance and we're going to need to raise taxes to build this. And, right. And just be honest, be transparent. That's so right. I think that's maybe you still have your job there. <clears throat> well, I, I think that's what Carl was was reacting to. It's like, so you're telling me that we spent two million to buy the thing. We've spent probably half a million dollars developing a demo, all the rest of the stuff, and we did all that without even knowing yeah. what our final projected costs were going to be. Back to the clip. Yeah. But I mean, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying, trying to understand, understand the, 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 the thought, thought process. process. I'm trying, I'm trying to understand, to understand that, you know, because of the meetings that I was attending at that time, we said we were buying the promenade because we had structures there that we were going to use. And then once we bought it, Torm found out that the roof was no good. So my question is, who did we send there to inspect that building before we put down money to buy that building? Because I want my money back. Because I want my money. Whoever that inspector was... You know, I want my money back. They sent Ray Charles. <laughs> That's where it starts. That's what, yeah, That's the only where I'm really, I'm really serious about that. I, that because somebody dropped the ball because we should have known that the leak was roofing. We should have known that there was mold. I love the leak was roofing. Yeah. See, see, that's how. how I think that's the clue that he's pretty ticked off. Correct. You know. Carl doesn't say the leak. He's a, he's a very precise man. At least <laughs> at least what I've observed of him. He's he's very precise in his language and in his words. He's measured. And so I I think that's a, a to me that's evidence that he was a, he was bothered. And uh I I don't think he liked being a part of the organization that had to put a stop to this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, finish. Yeah. In the building we should have known all of those things before we put down any money on the promenade. Yeah, and so they're all great and valid points. Absolutely. And and the the entire thing, it was just, they were sitting up there, like they couldn't believe their ears. And so that leads to Dave Hughes then going off a little bit. All right. Well, I, I, I want to address, address something, something that, that Mr. Bartlett, Bartlett said. said. He, he says, says it's no, no secret what the price is. is. That, that is, is simply not true. true. I, I, before, before I was elected here, I was, I was out there saying it's 40, 50. It could go as high as 80, depending on the scope of the project, okay? Because he did the math. Right. You know, which we all did. X dollars per square foot at 143,000 square feet that you're talking about. Here's the ballpark. And this is what it costs. Here's the ballpark. I mean, they're going to be... You know, we're gonna dec- we're gonna delete some things that'll save us some money. We're gonna add some things that we spend more money, but yeah, and, and and especially in this day and age of construction costs, yeah, you know, to be able to say, oh, with certainty, oh, 
you know, it, it's kind of like saying with certainty, you know, a bus garage is going to cost one and a half million dollars. And before you know it, it's 4.3, you know, son We're, of a gun. Yeah. They denied, they denied it. it. Every, Every single, single time, time I said that. that. Now, now all of a sudden, it's, it's no secret, secret it's going to cost 40 to $50 million. This, this, this is, is the information management crap that I'm talking about, about which, which still goes, goes on today. today. Now, now this, this is why, why I sit here and I'm at, look, I sound like I'm angry all the time. I'm sick and tired of this stuff going on. There's no way that this community is going to spend 40, 50, 60 million dollars to build brand new buildings. We could build a new fire station. We can, we can, we can redo this for a couple million. Um, we, have, we can do this for a couple We have two, well, what, even if it's, well, it's, it's not, not going to be 40 million, million, okay? Not 40 million, yeah. but it's not yeah. going to be two. We, we have <laughs> other buildings that we can put people in that we're not utilizing. This, this, this is a crazy project. It was a crazy project from the beginning. And I'm glad you brought up about the roof and the mall because someone did not do their due diligence on this project. And we need to find out who's responsible for that and make them pay for all the money that we've lost so far. So that was uh, that portion of the meeting. And, and I think that, that Dave, Dave presents that interesting counterpoint. Carl, the low, right. the, 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 the low flame, right. and Dave explodes. Right. You know, so it, it we, gets we the point We need to find across. a happy medium there. You know, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's got to be a way to manage the, uh, the explosiveness and, uh, and to give, you know, more, uh, more uh, time to that uh, kind of measured but still very. And, and to me, this goes back to the first item we talked about. It's that, you know, and Dave pointed this out, this information management strategy. Yeah. They want to manage the people who have been elected yes. to manage things yes. by carefully parsing out information right. in very measured doses. Well, you know, I'd like to get this out of the budget. Well, you know, our budget software doesn't really do that. Really? Then I think you purchased the wrong budget software, my friend. Well, you know, the <clears throat> when Bartlett and uh, finance director Jennifer Savage were saying, well, our software just won't do that. My comment was, I don't know the first thing about accounting software, but what I do know is if you purchase the proper stuff, you can make it do virtually anything you want it to. And yeah. like Dave Yu's asking for cost code and which department it's going to. I'm positive. Oh, I think that's pretty standard stuff. <laughs> I, I'm I really positive do. it'll do that if you allow it to, if you yeah. want it to. But but it's it's the audacity of these people to sit there and just lie to Well, it won't do that. Yes, it will. It's it's this information management. So they're they're trying to manage up. Right. That's the yeah. strategy. You know, well, we, we know that you're our bosses, but if you only get X amount of information, you're not going to be able to make decisions that we don't like. That's so right. we're going to give you the information that will cause you to make the decisions that we like. And, um, you know, with this kind of a mercurial board, and I, th I think there are people be besides David, um, you know, I, I think George Bell is another one of those people who's going to go, OK, wait a minute. Let's cut the crap here. Yeah, let's let's you know, let's. Give us what we need to make good decisions. And I also feel pretty confident that Diane Reeser is, is that way as well. That she, look, we want to make good decisions for this community. We can't do it if you're playing games and hiding, you know, we're playing hide and seek with needed information. Yeah. But I, what I will say is, and, and again, this goes back to that first item that we were discussing and when I brought up the budget development. I think when your overall budget is that bad and misses the mark that much, it puts every single departmental budget 
under the microscope. I don't trust sure. any budget that's been developed. Absolutely. Because overall, they made a mistake of 20%. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would expect if, if, if I was a person who was working in a department, I would expect, you know what, our budget's probably going to be gone over with a fine-tooth comb. Yeah. For the future. Right. So the next thing that came up in the meeting was the highway department wanting to purchase a truck. Right. For $218,000. And that's an awful lot of money, man. It's an awful lot of money. And, you know, people, as I wrote the article for the examiner, people came back and said, oh, you don't want to trust the, the experts who know what they're talking about. Oh, Dave Hughes knows all about it, right? Well, no, he doesn't. But because of this management information strategy, he didn't have all of the information that he needed to Nor make Nor did decision. the rest of the board, to be quite Or frank. the rest of you them. Know. And so, he just he just brought it to the fore, and and thank God he did it. Now, guess what? At the next meeting, they're going to have their information. And they'll probably accept it and 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 vote for it. But I, I saw a couple of really good cogent comments today on, on Facebook, and it was really it, it was really about the, the the truck purchase. And that is that why were we coming with just one bid? This is a $218,000 item. great point. I think that's probably above the threshold where you need to put out RFPs. So you've got a brand new board. They don't know that this is part of a, a planned acquisition. So you come to them and you say, well, we put this out for bid. We got six bids. They ranged from X to Y. Mm -hmm. And we chose the X plus three because it was right in the middle. And we, we have had good experiences with... You explain. You don't just come and say, hey, we... We need 218K. It's a really you, great point. You come and give them the background on that. And I think the other point that was raised is, okay, so, you know, are there other options? You know, this is a brand new 2022 truck. Yeah. Are, are there are there municipal auctions where you can buy some used equipment that's still serviceable and can be put in place with the same, you know, it, could, it, could you get it for 150 by buying, you know, a, a, a machine that's, you know, five, seven years old from another municipality. And then what's going to happen with you? Is the other truck just going to be scrapped or, or is it going to be? No, they did say that they would be able to sell it. Okay. And I think during the meeting, they said, oh, I don't know, seven or eight or ten thousand dollars we might be able to get for it. But yeah, so information whatever. management. You, right. Exactly. If, if you if you are going to be working with a brand new board of supervisors, which this is. They don't they don't know the backstory on all of this. So come with more. Come with, you know, way more. Over communicate and then give them all the background that says we we really have cuz you know in the Carl clip uh and and Dave spoke to this too. It's like with respect to the promenade, somebody didn't do their due diligence. Why should we trust that anyone else has? Right. Demonstrate it. Provide us evidence that you've done your due diligence. Yep. And and then I think they will make the uh, make the purchase because it is budgeted, but right. they they got a lot more work to do there. But it's budgeted from an equipment fund, right. which was actually funded with money from the sewer plant. So just because the money is sitting there doesn't mean you have to spend it. Absolutely not. So it, it's 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 but that's the way government is, though. Yeah. Oh, there's money. Too Gotta much spend so. it. Yeah. Yeah. So the next item up was the library board member. Well, that's that's taken on a life of its own, hasn't it? It's it really been, has. What, three, four meetings, that, you know. Yeah, it's it's. It, this was the third meeting. Yeah. 
right? So the library needs to appoint somebody to the board and they put somebody's name up. And I don't know if it's become the custom or not, but it would appear that it's a good idea for the person to be there to answer a couple of questions right. when they're appointed. I mean, uh, when you it's were not, appointed not, to right. the planning. And, and, and I came, uh, you know, yeah, just just like I would for any interview. I came right. with my resume. I came prepared to answer questions. Right. It's not a painful experience. It's one that we should all be, you know, we we should be happy that the board is saying, okay, well, we want to we know we want to know a little bit about you. Yeah. What well, what is attractive about you for the library board? What what are you going to bring to this position? I don't think that's unreasonable. Um, See, the problem is that this has been a pro forma thing. This yeah. is just something that they've done. And the supervisors went, well, you know, whatever. Let's just get it done. Forget about it. And we can move on to the more important thing. Oh, look, there's a golf course. Right. right. You know, that <laughs> that being oh, did their you see the focus. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The golfer. Well, I, I, I think, first of all, personally, libraries are incredibly important to me. They've been important to my family yeah. my, my whole life. I think community libraries are, are really important. And I would hope that what the library picked up out of this, the, the director and, and the folks who are already on the board, I hope what they picked up, up out of this is that the, you know, the, the board of supervisors is interested in the library. Yeah. It's not just going to be pro forma. So yeah, we, we're probably going to need to do a better job of fundraising. We need to do a better job of, of letting people know what's available at the library. There need to be more community events out there. Right. Um, so I, I actually think it's healthy. It may be disappointing that they had to go through this, but I, I think it's healthy that the board is exhibiting that interest uh, in these boards. What I did like, uh, and, and I think this got kind of swept under the rug, but a couple of meetings ago, Michelle um, Kirshner yeah. uh, said, you know, what we really should have is a set of job descriptions for these board appointments. It's It was such a, an astute comment. It is a great comment, and it absolutely... Like, you should know if you want to be on the planning commission, this is what it's expected. If you want to be on the library board, here's what expected of you. And and that way more people in the community could say, Oh, you know what? I'm I'm really interested in doing that for the library. I've got little kids, they enjoy going to the library. I would like to know more about the inner workings. Right. I'd like to contribute to the community. I'd like to do something for the community. I, I think that was a great suggestion. I hope they follow through on it. The thing that was so annoying about this library board member thing was they eventually passed this four to one with, uh, of course, Dave Hughes being the one who voted against because the first two meetings that this uh, name was presented, all the supervisors said, I want to ask questions of this person. Why is she not here? <laughs> you know, Michelle Kircher and Diana Reeser both said, I need to ask questions. I'm not just going to rubber stamp something. Wow, that really oh, got loud. You got some uh, echo there. Yeah, anyway, that's the springs. So anyway, uh, and and so did you and, and, and Bell. I mean, they were all like, well, I, I want to ask questions. The other night, well, I spoke to Mallory Hoffman, the library director, and I'm satisfied. Now you don't need to ask questions hey, all of a sudden. You know what? You're I flipping. Want, I want Mallory to advocate for me. <laughs> she's Because if she's that good, if she can turn it from, you know, 5-0 to 4-1 with just a little conversation, then send, I better send her my resume, have her, you know, put me out there for stuff. Dude, send her into your next contract negotiation. Yeah, there you go. She, there you she'll go. get it done for you, she's man. A, she's powerful. <laughs> So there was the other thing that happened. This is dumb, but I put it on the agenda. The Boy Scout approval. So the Boy Scouts, 
every year use the municipal lot right ab- above the right uh, Easter flowers. Yeah, to, to sell Easter stuff, flowers yeah. and all that stuff. But they got to get a pool. I drive from past the board. it all the time, and it's a five zero vote every time, right. as it should be, because it's a no brainer. It's stupid. What right. idiot? What moron is going to vote against the Boy Scouts? Right. But it's listed at the very top of the agenda. It's the most important issue in Exeter this week. I think they. I don't think that the Board of Supervisors is appropriately using consent agenda as a strategy. There are some of those things that are just like, okay, this has been in your packet. You've read about it. Um, can we pass the consent agenda? And that that's a great example of one that that could have been on there. Um, yeah. Same thing with you know, I mean, if 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 you. If the you, library board member yeah, could have been on a consent been on a agenda. Consent agenda. You know, we're going to pass these three items on a consent agenda. We, you've read it. The information's in your packet. You know, unless somebody wants to take it off the consent agenda. Now, I, I contrast that with the way the school board uses consent agenda, which really stinks because they'll put something oh, yeah. on the consent agenda, then somebody raises an issue during public comment, and they go, "Oh crap, we got to take that off the consent." Well, right. we we want to pass a consent agenda except for items five B <laughs> and seven C. We're yeah. to pull those out and do that individually. Wow! So somebody got to you. Yeah. So I, I do think that there's there's room for improvement, and you know that look, there's already been a ton of improvement. I think there's room for more. Uh, and I would suggest looking for for items like that. I'd suggest looking at consent agenda. The last item that uh, I want to talk about on the township meeting is the $15,000 electric sign that they bought. So this electric sign is that thing that they put out in traffic, you know, warning uh, accident ahead or or there's this great festival happening over here. Parking is to the left. Turn well, left I mean, on this you, street. You'd have to have some events in order for that to be needed. This would be a valid right, point. You know, I think that sign would be, you know, probably it's, it's probably going to be used for warning. David Hughes is coming to the Board of Supervisors <laughs> meeting and he's got a full head of steam or warning. Jerry Gelliff just posted something in the Exeter Examiner and a couple of people are really upset. So, uh, look, it's a pro forma thing. We have one, right? And now this is a second one. Right. So why do you need two? Well, you know, how many how often are both in use? I think that's an important question. It should have been asked. How often are both in use? Because if you're generally only losing using one and then you need a second one, go out and friggin rent it. Yeah. Go rent it from Fisher's Rentals or whoever. Well, but they'll you, have you, one. You, you, you got to ask the question, you know, and again, this is to your point. How many times are you going to need it if it's a one day rental and it costs, you know, $500 and you need it twice a year? Okay, so you're spending a thousand bucks. It'll take you 15 years to equal purchasing the sign, which will have depreciated by that time anyway. Right. So it, it's a valid point, but, you know, if we could get more events happening, um, where something was needed because, you know, we've talked about this a lot. The, the RCC, it's got horrible optics. I mean, you, you can't get to it. It's, so they're going to need to improve signage if they're actually going to do something with that property. Um, you know, and the same thing uh, as, as things get going with uh, whatever they do with the property that was to be, the property formerly known as the Promenade. We got to get a symbol for that, one of those, 
you know, Prince symbols, the artist formerly known as the, <laughs> the project formerly known as the promenade. We need some sort of a P with a red slash through it or something like that. Well, hopefully we won't have to deal with it too much longer because, you know, at the right after they concluded immediately after the vote, I, I don't know if you got to watch, but immediately after the vote to cancel it, Hughes then said, I want to make a motion to uh, to sell that piece of property. And the solicitor said, who'll well, give me a million for it? Who'll give me two? <laughs> <laughs> we need one of those uh one of those uh carnival barkers yeah oh we, auctioneer auctioneer guys yeah <laughs> just stand out in front of the property i got a property here who's gonna give me a million who's gonna give me two who's gonna give me three we have actually plenty of carnival barkers in this there town. you go there you go so this moves us on to the school board meeting and i guess we may as well start with the fact that the superintendent resigned <laughs> on february 7th and uh, we have an interim or acting, I don't know what, I think they're calling her interim, superintendent who's being paid $800 a day for three days work a week until they have a new superintendent. And uh, the now former superintendent is being paid until May 3rd. Right. That's a three-month leave. That's to sit at home. That's a quarter of her contract. Dude, pay me, how much is that? Well, her contract is 172 a year. She was in the second year, so she got a 3% raise automatically. So, you know, we're talking 178 or so. Uh, divided by divided four. By four so, so it's 40, 45 grand. Yeah, oh yeah. Let's just call it 45. Yeah. It's 45 grand to watch Days of Our Lives. I mean, that's not bad. I don't think Days good. of Our Lives is on anymore. Is Hogan's Heroes. Hogan's Heroes. Is that is, better? I'm sure she can probably find that on some sort of a Nickelodeon <laughs> Prime or something like that. I don't know. It, it's 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 an incredibly interesting point. And I, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up uh, something. Several months ago, uh, one of the board members, Mike Japina. Uh, when he was talking about uh, you know comments that I made and and then you know kind of personally uh, directing comments towards me he's, you know he's like oh you know Mr. Gardello was terminated from uh, Howell Public Schools and can't talk about it and then he then he did the the air quotes we all know what that means hey Mike you know what when you put a superintendent on paid leave for three months we all know what that means. <laughs> It's absolutely true. It's a great point. There's a there's a there's a story behind it. You know, what is it Paul Harvey used to say? Now the rest of the except story. We're never gonna know it because there's you know, Oh, we know it. We just can't say it because we're not proof money. of it. You know, yeah, you know. So so here we are. We're um and, and I I also want to bring up this other point because it, it was to me it was absolutely hilarious. I was at a board meeting when they were explaining why they needed an interim superintendent. Yeah. And 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 Tim Morgan went, went to great lengths to explain, well, well, you know, we've got, we've got these uh, budget, we've got the budget development, we've got teacher negotiations coming up, and, and we didn't want to have a lame duck superintendent doing those things. Mm -hmm. So we hired a lame duck superintendent <laughs> to do those things. Tim, you need to look up the definition of lame duck. If it kind of walks funny and quacks, it's a lame duck, and that's what you hired to do the things that you said a lame duck couldn't do. Absolutely true. So yeah, we've we've got uh, we've got a, a nine member board where you know a couple of members are are trying to to do things differently, and then we got a whole lot of people who are trying to protect their constituency of one. <laughs> Maybe a member of their family. Could be. Could you know, be. Could be somebody who could make them sleep on the couch if they don't do what you know <laughs> yeah. is, is called for. You know. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. So I never I'm, sleep on the couch, so, you know. No. I don't even know what a couch is. <laughs> so now um, I'm going to skip over the solar presentation thing. You are? Yeah. What, do, do you want to talk Come about on, it? Come on. Okay, all right. You know, Let's talk about the solar here's presentation. A, here's the latest shiny object, and I do mean that because they are solar panels and they yeah. are shiny. Yeah. So here's the latest shiny object that is taking their attention from from what they should be focusing on. Improve academic achievement. Put together a comprehensive budget with a plan. Yeah. Hire a new superintendent. You don't need to, these distractions, but it seems like, you know, every time something, oh, we're going to do an ex- inclusive playground. Ooh, that'll be nice. Oh, we're going to put a coffee shop in the in the, in the uh, library. Oh, that'll be nice. Oh, we're going to do activity buses. Oh, we're going to have a Lego, you know, we're going to have a Lego club. Well, you know, improve student academic achievement, create a comprehensive budget, and hire a superintendent. As, as uh, Mr. Miyagi said, you need to focus, Danielson. <laughs> yeah. But so yeah, this, this solar farm presentation where we're going to give you all this stuff for free and you're going to save a lot of money and then in a couple of years, we'd like $5 million from you. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That should have been a resounding no and why did you waste our time? Well, well, it, it, it's they didn't move it forward to the voting meeting. So credit to them. But why did they waste their time? I mean, I guess there's nothing wrong with hearing it, but they just heard it three years before. And yes, that was a different board. OK, so a different board heard it. But why didn't the members who were still there go, this is not going to work? Shouldn't have even gotten it's on the agenda. It's not going to work. Jerry, it shouldn't even have gotten on the agenda for crying out loud. There's they a gotten, reason. They could have gotten a packet and, and enough of them could have said, uh, you know, Dr. Hearing could have said, nope, this is not going to be on the agenda. It's her job. Yeah. yeah. She makes that agenda, especially without a superintendent. Oh, my goodness. What's, what's going to be next? Are we gonna, uh, hey. So here we go. Speaking of the superintendent, great segue. All right. So the superintendent search has begun. And uh, here's what board president Ann Hearing had to say. Dr. Ann Hearing. I'm sorry. I should, I should give the proper title. Okay. Um, before we go into um, our committee presentations, I want to share with the community that prior to tonight's meeting, the board received an informational session from BCIU regarding the services they provide for helping boards with the superintendent. You know, what is it with YouTube? I, I, I can watch things on YouTube and it has perfect sound. Right. Okay. This, even with noise reduction, like I put this through processing software and did noise reduction and there's still something back there going, yeah, it's still better than the, the, the township uh, uh, it's true. clips. But, it's uh, true. I would like to take this opportunity for the board to discuss how we feel about the presentation and discuss how we intend on moving forward at this point. Um, I can start off just by saying some of the things that I liked from their presentation. So they heard from BCIU yeah. on a superintendent search. Is um, that the search is local, state, and national. Um, I like the fact that they customize the search to our needs. Um, no, it's not. No, it's not. Customize the search no, to our not. needs. We need a superintendent. No, it's not. Customize. It's not. <laughs> Look, and, and you know, I, I want it fair warning. I have sent the board several uh, emails. I mean, this is something, you know, I was involved in superintendent searches in several states. I was yep. a superintendent in, in two different districts, um, worked with with different search firms. Um the, the BCIU is going to be a hyper-local search. 
Mm-hmm. And I think it was the BCIU that helped them last time. Yes. How'd that turn out? Okay. Didn't even make it through one contract. So, you know, I, I would I would immediately say, look, um, they'll do it for nothing. And you'll get exactly what you pay for. They need a national search firm that has experience because everybody, every single search firm says they customize. And then you look at the results. They do, oh, they do their community survey. They do all these meetings. And then you look at the flyers and nine times out of 10, they're always the same. Yeah. So, you know, the reality is you need a consultant who's really going to invest in this search because... It's an $80 million nonprofit organization. Do you really want to shortchange your search for your executive leader? I mean, maybe you do if you're this board and you want to keep your hand in the cookie jar constantly. Right. You know? Yeah. And that there's no cost other than incidental. Is there any other comments or anything anybody wants to share about how they felt? No cost except incidentals. And so, as you said, you're going to get what you pay for. Right. And what is really the reach of a local intermediate unit? It, it can't be so great. I, I've sent them. So I, I get superintendent search uh, letters every week. I get three or yep. four of them. And uh, the, the the best one, the premier one, is the American Association of School Administrators. It is the national organization for school superintendents. And so their search you know, they, they, they put all of the high-end searches on their website. You're never going to see a BCIU search on AASA. You're going to see a, you're going to see a BCIU search on the Pennsylvania State Boards Association, the PSBA. Mm-hmm. You're going to see. Oh, it, they're going to get to that. Yeah, it, it's it's you're going to see it there. But it again, it's hyper local. Yep. Um, and right now you're competing with. I think Chester County's got one out there. I think there's uh, one other county in PA that's got one out there. So. You're, you're competing. And as I've said in my emails to them, you're competing in an atmosphere where there's really competitive you know, search firms. And so I think I, I, I mentioned this to you. Look, you're looking for an executive who can manage an $80 million nonprofit corporation with a board that is incredibly naive and inexperienced. Yes. And that's, that's what you're... So you're looking for somebody who's going to... You really are looking for a unicorn. In the old days of the NHL, there were six teams. And the goalie on each of those teams was a superstar. Yeah. Now you have, you know, 30, 40 teams, and those goalies aren't as good as the ones who were on those six teams. As the pool gets larger and larger and larger, and that's what's happening, the the candidate pool gets less talented. And yet, salaries are becoming more and more competitive because of the atmosphere we're in. Um, you know, there's probably going to be 200, maybe 300 openings in Michigan. Uh, there'll be at least that many in Illinois. Uh, there are going to be, you know, thousands of openings mm-hmm. in Texas. You're not going to, BCIU is not going to do a national search. No. Sorry. And we've got 180 superintendent openings, now 181 here in Pennsylvania. Well, it's it's time to get the professionals in. You know, it's like when you get, you know, uh, ants, ants in your house, you know, and, and you try going to Lowe's and picking up some ant traps. And yeah. You try all these things and, they do, and you get to a point where you go, you know what? I need a professional. Right. And that's where they're at because what they've done the last two superintendents hasn't worked very well. And so they need some professionals and they need to listen to them. But the, the key there really is. I and mean, the, the reason that it hasn't worked well is because 
quite frankly, the board interferes too oh, much. Oh, absolutely. Every time an aggrieved employee comes <laughs> to them crying, they go to the superintendent and start pounding on his desk or, or, or start desk. plotting yeah. an overthrow. Yeah. You well, know? That, and, it's, and that's really, you know, again, you, you've got a majority of this board that has explicit connections to employees or employee groups. Yep. They're either friends or family. Yep. And so, you know, they're they're going to look out for their friends and family. And whoever the superintendent is, isn't going to be part of their friends and family. So they, they need a strong superintendent and they need to stay out of it. They're not going to. And so I, I don't have good I don't have good predictions. Um, you know, I think they're going to hire somebody with a local track record. Maybe yes, somebody, ma'am. you know, or a yes woman or somebody who doesn't have uh, superintendent experience in mm-hmm. a highly charged environment. They have. They have contract negotiations going on. They have a budget that is out of control. Yeah. And, you know. We're going to get to that budget out and, of control. And then, and, and then let's let's talk about the number one job, which is improving academic achievement. Yeah. But but it's just, it, it's, you know, everybody says that I'm Mr. Cut and, you know, cut, just cut everything, cut everything. Cut, and I am. But you know what? I'm in favor of them spending money this time. Get a good superintendent, even if you got to pay them 210, 225. Get somebody good, leave them the hell alone and let them do their job. These kids have now been subjected. There are kids in the school district right. that have been subjected to four superintendents in seven years. This will be the fourth one. Yeah. I mean, and that each one comes with an, uh, a new program. So we had a new program with Bob Phillips. Then we had a new program with Kim Miner. We're going to have a new program with whoever's next. And the kids have got to feel like a pinball in a machine. And, and to a certain extent, so are the teachers. They're, they're being whipsawed back and forth. Um, you know, here's the thing. If you went nationally and benchmark executive leadership salaries for an $80 million corporation. Yeah. What do you think that CEO would be making? You think they'd be making 172? No. I don't think so. I'd bet they'd make him 400. Yeah. And uh, they'd be worth it. Now, I'm not saying we need a $400,000 superintendent because that's, you know, that's big, huge district. But what I am saying is we need a professional. Yep. And then this board is going to have to become professional as board members they're going to need some training which you know i don't think any of them are getting yeah and they're going to need to stop putting their like here we are you're you're running the board the soundboard am i sitting here fiddling with the with no i would smack your hand that's right and that's what they need somebody to smack their hand yeah you know when they hey uh i heard from uh this kindergarten teacher there and i slapped their hand you know, that's not your job. Leave them alone. Your job is to hire the superintendent. Yep. And then set policy. Oh, and by the way, when you set policy, you probably should follow policy, right? <laughs> I'm just going to raise this. Again, this is, an, this is not about the district. This is about this board. They spend an inordinate amount of time, first and second readings of policies, because that's recommended by PSBA. So they're following their leaders there. Right. And then they ignore them. They ignore their own policies. I'll give you a real good example. Policy 0500 says all board committees that either uh, provide uh, information to the board or suggest votes should operate under the Sunshine Act. That means the Education Committee, the Finance Committee, and the Personnel Committee. All those committee meetings should be open to the public. They should be posted. There should be an agenda. There should be minutes. Um, None of that happens. 
I asked about it. Allison uh, Wilson told me, oh, well, the education committee meets the same night as the board. Had never seen it posted, Allison. Sunshine Act, Allison. You were board president for a year. You should know what's in the Sunshine Act. Those meetings should be posted. The agenda should be out there. The public should be allowed to participate. And there should be minutes, not just a report at the committee of the whole or the voting meeting. Yeah. There's, there's, see, now you got me ranting, Jerry. Well, at least you're not yelling like I was. Okay, well. That's a positive. So I, I think we can kind of skip over those other three uh, clips that I had about the superintendent search because I think we covered everything. I think so. I, I really think that they need to just get the hell out of the way. Hire the person. Get out of their way. Yeah, but you know they're not going to. No, they're not. Because their egos are involved. You know, you've got people who ran, you know, with, oh, I'm a really nice guy and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be transparent and I'm going to do, you know, for the community. (laughs) Their egos are now involved. So we've got a a trio of of board members uh, whose wives are probably keeping them, you know, on the straight and narrow. Uh, You know, they're going to continue to micromanage. Yeah. They just can't help themselves. Even though they have no experience, no background, they don't know a damn thing about education. But now all of a sudden they're on the board, you know, a couple of them after, what, two months. Now they're going to be experts and they're going to, you know, they're going to help make this decision for an executive leadership search. Um, My wife's been a teacher for 27 years. (laughs) That makes me an expert. I, I would ask them point blank, have you, you, have you ever personally been involved in an executive leadership search in your organization? Because if you haven't, then why are you, you know, get some professionals, listen to them, let them do their job. If you have to pay a little bit more this time because you're getting somebody with experience, you're getting somebody you're confident is going to make it through a single contract. <laughs> <laughs> I wish people were going to see your face there. Oh. One contract. You can't even get one contract. Come on. Okay. So the other big item on the school board agenda was the firefighter tax credit. <laughs> Dude, I am Lerda Lerda two, Lerda Jr., yeah. what do you want to call it? So I have been pounding the drum on this. Just give these people a 100% tax break. It's it's not a big deal. It's $43,600. Which, by the way, you just spent giving the superintendent a leave of absence. Dink, great point. The leave of absence would have paid for this Lerda Jr. For this credit for this year. Yes. And, and then I'm sure that you can find a $43,000 budget adjustment in the future so that you could provide this. I, this is this is like a crime to sit there and, and beat this to death. Um, look, guys, gals on the board, if you're not going to vote for it, just get it over with. Don't. Yeah. Don't, just be honest just, and say yeah, F you. Yeah. Just whatever just, it is. Just tell the firefighters, you know what? We're, we don't think you're worth, a, you know, a, a tax credit. Yeah. And then they can tell you the next time you want a, a firefighter uh, or, or the or the fire truck to do one of your little parades. They can say, you know what? We don't think we're going to support you. But yeah. come on, I mean. But no, they're not going to do that. You know why? Because they're community minded. Those guys are community minded. And when they get called on to do something, they just do it. So like, why would you take advantage of that? If somebody's going to potentially be pulling me out of a burning building, 
$43,600 is a tiny little bit of money on an 80 or $82 million budget. It's, it, it equates to this, okay? If the average uh, American family, it, it's like $56,000, okay? That's the average household income. Yeah. For that family, the equivalent amount of money that this is, is $30. They would need to chop $30 out of their budget. Do you think people making 56 grand a year over a year could cut 57, 58 cents out of their budget a week? Sure. Sure. Well, here's the thing, Jerry. We certainly got we certainly hope that what when it comes time to evaluate the new teacher contract and the increased cost that that is going to bring, mm-hmm. we certainly hope that this board is going to be just as rigorous in their examination of these costs. You know, how are we going to pay for these, you know, increases in teacher salaries and and step increases? How are we going to do that? I certainly hope that the people who are on their high horse about the 43,000 for firefighters are going to get on a much higher horse for a much larger bang for the buck. So we'll be watching school board. Uh, (laughs) You probably won't like it that we're watching, but we'll be watching to see, you know, how all of you uh, fiscal conservatives uh, act when it's time to, uh, you know, rein in mommy's salary. So in the, (laughs) so in the, in the the discussion, one of the things that drove me crazy was what, Tim Morgan and Jason Mel talked about it. And I'll give you a, a, a quick bit of this. Okay. It would give us some funding formula that, that would ultimately give them that donation amount. So we could say, tell me if I'm saying this wrong, 100% tax credit capped at $1,000. We could say anything. But yeah. I understand that. Yeah. And stay under Act 91. We could. And, and the thing that we brought that back to was you're going to have that one firefighter that's not going to get a thousand that one that one volunteer in that example at least would only get 618 dollars so if it's not equal for everybody f everybody <laughs> nobody gets it right so, so get the hell out of here somebody th- there are firefighters who live in four hundred thousand dollar homes and i'm sure that there's a single guy who lives in like a very small home and he's going to get 618 dollars but it would be equivalent to what the four hundred thousand dollar house guy is tax pre- is a, yeah. exactly just give them the money this is such a no-brainer just give them this damn money well the 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 issue really boils down to you know look you're overthinking the wrong things. And, and I bring this up constantly. People are probably tired of hearing me say it. You haven't given this level of, of examination to your draft comprehensive plan. This is the plan that was supposedly going to get you to your 100, 100, 100 yep. goals. You haven't yep. spent that much time discussing that plan as you have now spent discussing whether or not to give a $43,000 budget item. By the way... Uh, they spent more than that on software for the HR department. Uh, that didn't cause as much discussion. Uh, all last year when they were purchasing Fountas and Pinnell items for hundreds of thousands of dollars, they didn't even know what Fountas and Pinnell was. They right. had never seen one of the books until, you know, they had a cute kindergarten girl come in and read from one of the books. They've never seen the plastic tubs. They've never seen what they purchased. That was, oh, oh well, we got to spend, uh, you know, $100,000 on this, $50,000 on that, you know, 
throw in some of those uh, teas. Uh, give me one of those, uh, you know, sleeve of orange balls. You know, I mean, this is it's ridiculous for them to spend this much time on this small of an issue when they're not willing to spend time on the big issues. Improve academic achievement, put together a comprehensive budget, and hire a superintendent. Focus. Yeah. So, so I, I I think that that one is beat to death as well. But, well, but yeah, I really we'll, we'll bring that dead horse into the rodeo <laughs> next time. <laughs> I really do wish though that they would. Now, now last time, Jason Mel said, "Well, you know, people who are saying that we should just." Give them this money. They don't realize that when they that if we do this, we have to cut something. The thing he doesn't realize is if you're not that tightly budgeted, forty three dollars, forty three thousand dollars is not crap. On an eighty it's million nothing. dollar budget, come on, it is nothing. Again, it's one trip to Starbucks for hey, five weeks. Hey, they 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 immediately love the idea of activity buses. They immediately love the idea yeah. of putting in a, a, a Lego first robotics competition. Yeah. They love the idea of putting in the coffee shop. They were willing to go explore the inclusive playground. Yeah. Uh, they they spent, you know, they spent lots of time on this uh you know, 35 minutes on this solar panel farm. Yep. Uh, which who knows when that'll come back up again. Look, it's really it's it really is it really does boil down to something that's very simple it's what i said about the township respect your respect the the folks who are doing the work for you the firefighters they deserve this tax credit yeah. now if you're not going to give it then just own up to it just take the vote say you're not going to give them the credit and be done with it give these guys the double toll man and get it over yeah. with but be honest with them it's like so they also proposed, now Japina proposed 100%. Well, I've got a clip. All right. So let, let's go with it. Brian, just a quick question. So if we were to go to the highest uh, amount, uh, what, what, what slide is that? Is this one here? So, uh, Brian, what is $43,000 in terms of millage? So he's asking, what would it cost? <laughs> You know, in terms of a million. No, no, no. He, he's asking, how right. much more do we have to charge yes. the community in order to do this? We Precisely. want to cover our butt. And at the end of the clip, he goes, so then we would lop this .05 onto whatever it is that we're going to do. Like, we're already forecasting the tax hike that's coming. And now we got to put .05 on more because we aren't creative enough with budgeting to absorb one two thousandth <laughs> of the budget to get hit. One two thousandth. It's one one eighteen hundred eightieth. Uh, look, this is a waste of time. If you're not going to do it, just say you're not going to do it and move on. If you are going to do it, then get it done. Yeah. And and you direct your finance director because, you know, that's what you can do. You're, you're yes. the board of education. You can yes. direct the finance director to find $43,600 in cuts. Yeah. Are you going to, do, do you, uh, we've, we've covered a lot of ground. Yes, um, we have. I know you were wanting to try and do calls. Do you still want to try and do that? We can still try to do calls, but uh, uh, let's do this first. All right. Okay. So as Ted and I were, were sitting and talking about getting this show together, I got this idea that like we, it, we need this to be entertaining. Okay. So I start putting together this song parody idea. Okay. And Ted 
kicked in a couple of lines and I had my friend Jerry Lee Watkins record it and he did an amazing job. Okay, it's called Exeter to uh, the tune of Billy Joel's Allentown. Here it is. Politicians and bureaucrats, we're going broke, they're getting fat. Well, the school board is just spending like mad. Every effing dollar we've ever had. About the RCC, they lie big time. Whacking at balls, weddings are fine. Isn't it great? <laughs> I, I hate to pat myself on the back. I don't hate to my pat fav- myself my, on the back. My favorite line is, you know, but you know, they're they're whacking at balls. Weddings are fun. You know. <laughs> that was yours. I That's know. why it's your favorite. I know. But uh, Jerry Lee Watkins, oh, he did a great job. The guy's a human job. jukebox. He, he he does acoustic in bars. This is how he makes his mo- his his living. Okay, and he, you can literally say to him, "Hey, play this song." And if he doesn't know it right then, he'll go, I'll get it in the next set. And he'll have it in the next Man, set. That is, that is, and the time frame, and we, we, we worked on this a couple of weeks ago, and then he brought this all together and, yep. and did a great job with the like recording. That. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Real talent. So it's, uh, it, it, that's our feeling about, uh, about Exeter right now. Everybody's overtaxed. Well, you know, you brought that up, that, that point about the, you know, the, Mr. Japina asking about, and and he he put it out there that the tax right now is thirty four point one nine mills. Yep. yep. And then he's asking for another point zero five to pay the tax, fact, firefighter credit. But the reality is, they they passed that uh, that motion that they wouldn't increase it more than four and a half percent. It's a it's a pro forma motion that they had to do. Yeah. Um. But the p- potential is out there for them to increase taxes by ten percent. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we've got a contract negotiations coming up and, you know, they've got a lot of ESSER money that's running out and they got programs that they put in. And so, uh, folks, tighten your belts. The school district can't. The school district can't tighten their belts to find $43,600. But you better tighten your belt because the tax increases are coming. And you better pay that tax or what's going to happen to you. So, yeah, everybody else gets to tighten their uh belts but not the school board no the school board is not gonna have to do that you know we're, we're just gonna keep paying and paying i, I, and I paying. think they got some of those magic belts what was it what was the sansa belt pants you know <laughs> they got a money tree out back that just continually <laughs> replenishes itself oh, is what it is we need five hundred thousand for this all right go grab it off the tree right oh somebody wants somebody a community member wants something oh you know 
Uh, Do we have $43,000 for this? Nah, money tree's bare at the moment. But it replenishes. It's, it's stop with the common sense. Yeah, it. It, it, it's, it replenishes for us, <laughs> not, not for anyone else. Don't be silly. <laughs> so the tax bills came out today for the township, and people are up in arms, and they should be. It went up. Yeah. Yeah, don't forget we lost the the homestead exemption. Right. So people the farmstead who had, exemption. Who, people who had that homestead exemption probably really got yeah know, whacked a little bit. Yeah, I didn't look at our tax bill, but I, I know it's up. Uh, we also had a point one zero percent in the fire tax increase. Okay, and the recycling fee went from thirty five to seventy dollars. So we, and we're whether people like increase, it or not, that's a tax. We're, we're, we're seeing some increased costs, but I do know this, and this point's been made several times by folks who are on the Board of Supervisors. Uh, township taxes have not gone up for seven years. I don't really care. You contrast that with the yearly increase in taxes in the it's school valid. district. It's valid. That is valid. It, you you got you to juxtapose the two. You can't, you can't rail against the Board of Supervisors for a tax increase once in seven years, and yet... You're just quiet that your school taxes go up every single year. Um, you know, uh, when I was out talking to people uh, about running for the board and, and as I ran for the board and, and you know, and, and didn't get elected, that's fine. But as I was out talking to people, that was like their number one issue. What are you going to do about our taxes? Well, it's not just what I would do. You got to do something about it. You got to let that board know that you're ticked that you get an increase every single year, yep. and it's a much larger increase than the township. Yep. I mean, when you think about it, what's the township tax millage? Is it, it's like three point something? Total? Three point something, three so point one something, it's I think. one-tenth of the school district taxes. Yeah. So when you're upset about your taxes, you should be 10 times more upset about the school district. Yeah. And quite frankly, I'm just going to say it, I think the I think the township actually does a pretty good job with basic services. I my street gets plowed. Uh, so you know, does mine. The, the the lawn across from me that's in the you know retention pond it gets mowed frequently. Uh, you know I I think they do a decent job. However, academic achievement of the school board, which is job number one, is very poor, mm -hmm. and yet we're paying an extremely high price for that very poor performance. Uh, you'll hear me say this over and over again, folks. It's an $80 million budget, fewer than 4,000 kids. That means it's more than $20,000 per kid per year. Yep. You're not getting that kind of performance. That's where we are. Okay, let's do the phone call segment. All right. Let's give it a shot. See if anybody wants to call and talk. The number to call is 484 484-668-1663. 484-668. 1663. Give us a call and uh and especially yell if you and disagree with us. If, yes, if you passionate. disagree with us, give us a call. If you agree, that's fine. Yeah. Well <laughs> we want to hear that too. <laughs> Who doesn't want affirmation? Uh, I'm fine. Let's be honest. So the, the uh the other thing that so next week's show, yeah, there's gonna be plenty to talk about too. Sure. More than enough to talk about. Um, now, we probably next week we're going to do a Thursday because we don't. Next have, week we'll do Thursday because we have no meeting. We don't have meetings on Monday. Yeah, yeah. So so we're going to make Thursday our night, uh, except for uh, that one might nights. be. You know, it might be good if we if we you know maybe as you're announcing it on Facebook and and on the Exeter Examiner, maybe we maybe that's a show where we really want to get phone calls. 
Yeah. You know, because this is our first show, so who knows? Yeah. We don't even know who's... You probably know how many people are listening. I know that there are somewhere in the area of 60 people listening. Somebody's got to call. Somebody's yeah. got to be ticked off. Somebody's got to have some Come guts. on. Somebody, anybody. What was that number again? 484-668-1663. And there it is. Yeah. There you go. Hey, you're on with uh, Jerry and Ted. Jerry and Ted, great job tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Who is this? (laughs) Hi, Dave. How you doing? I I just wanted to call and and just get explosive tonight. So. Okay, can you limit your comments to three minutes? (laughs) Actually, (laughs) or what? You're going to throw me off the phone? No, I'm going to throw you out of the building. Okay, I'm used to that. (laughs) Well, actually, I called in. I just want to, you know, you guys covered a lot of topics tonight. You know, the taxes and everything, and I can comment on any one of them. So. of the issues that you've discussed. And I'm just wondering, maybe you could tell me if you want any comments from me on any specific subject. How uh, about, how about uh, just kind of wrapping up everything with the promenade, your thoughts with that? With the what? With the promenade. The promenade. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, you know, I've, I've talked extensively about this promenade, and you know, you were talking about how if we did this, we would have to raise taxes. Well, we would raise taxes, but it would be because we would probably go another twenty or thirty million dollars in debt by issuing bonds. All right, and uh, incurring more and more debt. If which we which we, 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 I, we already have enough debt, right? I mean, we, we have all the debt from the from the country club. We don't need to have another project that is going to, you know, never be worth what we pay for it. Sure, exactly. And and here's the thing. We have a schedule. I don't know what it is, 15 or, or, or something. I mean, it's possible for Exeter Township to be completely out of debt in my lifetime. Okay? Which is pretty good. Uh if you think about it, and that's what I would like to see us do, because we, we, I have a plan. I presented it to the board. I presented it, Jerry. I think I told you about it several times. You did. Uh, building these new buildings. First of all, we can't manage what we have, and we think we're going to build new buildings. Well, here's a question right? for you, David, because you you said you think you could be out of the the township could be out of debt. Would that require right. the elimination of the fund balance from from the sale of of the water facility? Would that be? Could we get out of debt and preserve some amount of fund balance? Oh, we wouldn't have to touch it at all. In fact, if you look at your tax bill, if you got it today, you'll see that there's a little, like point four or something like that, of uh, uh, a tax for the tax debt. We're already collecting that through taxes. And that will be sufficient to pay off our debt because we every time we make a debt payment, we pay some principal and we pay some interest. Right. We're not just paying off interest; we're paying we're paying principal as well, and it's all taken care of within our our tax. Uh, that is really, I think that's really important for the community to know, David. I think that's something that that the board actually ought to talk about. Um, you know, ought to spend a little time. 
you know, saying that there there is a plan, there is, a, you know, part of the taxes are for debt service. And if we if we just right. have reasonable budgets for the next X years, you know, we can clear the debt, which would mean, you know, maybe that little uh, 0.4% could be uh, eliminated at that point in time. Um, but, uh, you know. Well, well, we, well, yeah, we could do that. I mean, that's so far in the future, though. Uh, you never know what else could come up. But but it is the, I think, the plan and the idea, and I think it's a good one for us. You know, I, and for me, I, whatever you people think of me, I am a fiscal conservative. I am very conservative when it comes to money. We, in my, from my perspective, we better understand why, how, and how it benefits the community if we spend it. And I mentioned it uh, before. I look at things and I say, is it a need or is it a want? Okay. If it's a need, I'm for it 100%. But if it's just something that we want because we want it like brand new building, I'll tell you, there's a couple, there's a project I'm working on right now. I haven't told the board too much about it because I'm waiting to get some more information before I bring it to their attention and to the public's attention. But we have a lot of opportunities where we can use buildings that are empty. Like, for example, the magistrates, the district uh, justice building, that's empty. And it's a great yep. shape. Yep. And we can, we can move other departments into that building, and we, we can give the police the whole building that we, we currently are all in, and we can fix it up. You know, two, three million might, might do the job, and we can add to it. This is certainly much better than spending forty to fifty million dollars on well, brand I, new buildings. Here, here's my take on it, David. I've I've been following this now for a year. I've been following your comments and 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 your election. And and here's the thing: mm -hmm. we won. <laughs> and it's time now to just say, okay, promenade's dead. Long live the yep. promenade. Let's get that sucker yep. up for sale. And then let's turn our attention, as you're saying, let's turn our attention to some com community needs that, you know, that we actually engage the community about. Let's get some, you know, forums. Let's get some folks uh, on some uh, task forces and, and really get things firing in the community. Because I think there are lots of opportunities um, for us here. But, you know, we, we just need to, to kind of stay the course. And and I think you I hope you heard uh, throughout tonight. We. Both Jerry and I were, you know, we've been impressed with the the way that the board is coming together. Um, we know it's going to take some time, but uh, I, I feel real good about the direction that the the board is taking. Uh, I think you're going to need to hire some quality people and uh, and then let them do their work. But they, they've got to be people who are respectful of the role that the board plays and provide the information that the board needs to make good decisions. Oh, I agree with that, and that's that's where I want to see us go. We're we're very far away from that right now, but uh, it's about the promenade. I think what we're going to do is we're going to put that back on the market. We're going to keep that a commercial property, so it, it contributes taxes to our community, and that's the there, there are no better commercial locations than that than that that area, that lot plot of land, sixteen acres. So I'm confident that we'll find someone that wants to develop that and will contribute to our community. 
Now, you guys talked a lot about what went on in the meeting on Monday. Yeah. But I think one thing that you might have just overlooked, because there was a lot of, lot of stuff there, and that is that we emphasize that we're making the Reading Country Club our number one priority. Yeah, uh, a lot of you and George Bell said it, yep. and uh, both Kircher and Reese agreed with it. Yeah, yep. Yeah, you know, I, I we, we, the... we heard that, and, and um, you know, I, I think I think it's that, at least I hope, I hope that the board is thinking about making the property the number one priority. Because if it, if it can't be self-sustaining as a golf course, um, I, I hope you guys will be open to creative solutions. On the, on the off chance that it can be run profitably and that we can find somebody who wants to take it over and, and uh, bring people in, um, you know, great. It's just that I, I just don't see, you know, I, I drive past, I live right near it. I drive past it every single day. It's, it, it does not look like it's, it's a, you know, a booming property. Well, that is our own fault. I mean, we've mismanaged it so badly, it's incredible. I mean, I could go I could go through the litany of all the bad decisions that were made, but it won't accomplish anything. The fact is we wasted a lot of money that we should not have wasted. But we're going to fix that. I did a tour. I have a video. I'm going to eventually get it up there so people can watch it at Exeter United. Uh, and I was up there today taking more pictures of the condition of the inside of the building. And I, and when I go up there, every time I go up there and I pause and I look at it, I just, I'm just in awe of how beautiful it is and what a great asset it is to the township. And that it's sitting there uh, without, without us able to enjoy it, it's just it's very sad. But I'll tell you, I have some plans. I, uh, you know, we had this contract with Morningstar. I, I read the contract. And before I was even sworn in, I called uh, the owner up. And I said, this isn't going to work. This contract is all one-sided. I, and, I, and I have a friend of mine. He's an executive chef. He runs the Parks Casino, all their food, all their restaurants. He's the executive chef there, okay? Talking to him today. And, and I told them about the deal that they wanted, that we signed, where once they get a million dollars of revenue, we give them a 20% bonus. And he's saying, that's crazy. Nobody does that. Nobody gets 20% of the revenue, you know. And I said, exactly. So when I talked to the uh, president of, or, and owner of the Morningstar, he knew that I understood how bad the contract was, how it was one-sided. So... We mutually agreed to not enforce the contract. Okay, mm-hmm. so we still, but we still are looking. The, the board is still thinking in terms of hiring someone to manage all this. And and my, I'm opposed to this because why do we want to create another level of management? It doesn't work. Right. It won't work. We tried. We tried that with with uh, Viva. We tried it with Casper Goff. We tried it with uh, Chef Al, which is the only one that, that resulted in anything positive. But it doesn't work. Well, I think we're, we're probably, probably going to get to a point where we need to do, you know, one of our entire shows just on, you know, what are the plans? And, and uh, we're going to have to talk about uh, 
getting to some 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 planning uh, stages as as a community. Yeah. So Dave, exactly. listen, we're going to scoot along, here. man. You get to uh, see All if right, anybody else wants to call. Oh, okay, great. Hey, thanks, guys. Great job. Thanks, thanks for, for calling, calling man. Yep. Bye. Four eight, Supervisor Dave Hughes. Got a call. Four eight four six six eight one six six three. We'll do one more. So come on, somebody Maybe challenges. Like, yeah, somebody who's, who's like, hey, you guys are full of crap. Yeah. Which we are, and we know that. I'll admit to it. So so that is uh, show number one. And uh, we'll give us a few seconds. So we've got about a 10 or 12 second delay in there. And uh, but, but this was show number one. I like what happened. I think we went a little bit long. But y- y- you learn how not to go long by by doing it right you know we'll get a little more focused we'll get better at it anyway, i think putting fewer items on you know yes exactly well there, focus. Was just, there was too much yeah focus what did you say earlier focus focus. focus all right so that's it that's uh that's the exeter underground that's episode so number you're not going to do the 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 we'll do jerry's last word last week ted had this okay. great idea what you explain I, 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 so everybody you know I, i've gotten to know jerry um, and everybody knows Jerry. If you interact with him on Facebook or if you, you know, have a conversation with him or if you're, you know, commenting on the Exeter Examiner, you know he always gets the last word. <laughs> and so we're going to do a feature where Jerry just gets the last word. Yeah, yeah, except this week because I was too damn busy with all the production <laughs> of getting this thing up and running. So we're announcing yeah. that on the next show... <laughs> See this show we had to do the uh, we had to do the song which was great. Yeah. Next show we're gonna we're going to introduce Jerry's last word. There we go, and that'll feed my ego a little bit, which is what I really need. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thanks very much, everybody who tuned in. We appreciate you having tuned in. We hope that you will do so next Thursday at six forty-five. Uh, hit the. The, the, the Exeter Examiner's Facebook page and let us know what you thought, good, bad, or indifferent. We can handle criticism. We can also handle praise. Yeah. But uh, let us know what you thought and join us here in the same place. And tell two friends. Tell two friends. That's a good or, one. Or, you know, tell two people that you know are just going to be ripped listening to us, like foaming at the mouth, like how can these two guys just sit here and spout off like this? Have them listen in, have them call in. How dare they criticize? Who do they think they are? <laughs> exactly. Boy, if I had a dollar for every time somebody said to me, who do you think you I are? I think if you had a nickel, you'd be <laughs> in good shape. I'd have more money than the promenade. <laughs> <laughs> we could have financed the promenade. Could have financed all the debt for the township. Just with a nickel for every, for, for every time somebody said, who do you think you are? <laughs> well... The debt service is only 0.4%, so it's close to a nickel. You know. <laughs> okay, folks, that's it. We're wrapping up. Next time, uh, if you didn't like it, give us another shot next week. If you liked it, come back next week. We'll be here. Thanks very much for listening. Good night. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us for the Exeter Underground. Join us again next week for more news and analysis of all that is happening in Exeter. This has been a production of Jerry Gelliff Media. Hey.